right, good morning. It is 8.07. It is hour number three here on your Friday ahead. Pete Callender, how you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you? Well, are you going to try that beer, by the way? Am I going to try that beer? What beer? Oh, uh, the strawberry and banana puree beer oh, that right. is being released at Sheets. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> I had uh, no, mm. I had completely forgotten about it. But yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I would give it a taste if it came in a flight or something. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, have you tried it? Oh, uh, 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 man, you got. I'm sorry, you got to have some limits. Well, I do. Like, yeah, my limit like, is. Oh yeah, no, I'll try anything. No, my limit is IPAs. That those things just smell like dog urine. So I don't drink those. Okay, well, I, I'm glad you're a man with standards. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Um, I'm telling you, sitting there looking at that. Uh, so, I mean, who's gonna who's gonna buy that crap? And then I thought, you know what? I, In the same way that you walk into that, you know, your favorite tap house around Christmas, and uh-huh. three of the spouts are pumpkin. So, yeah, somebody will buy it. <laughs> right. Obviously, there is a market demand for it, or else it would not have been produced. And uh, I gotta think that. I mean, look, you know, people are always pushing the envelope on the 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 beer culture. You know that. Uh, I know that. I mean, in Asheville, we're you know, kind of now built around this concept. Uh, like I, but I, I, I'm kind of old fashioned. I like I like darker beers, and when I find one that I like, I just drink that one. And then after a while, I'll, all right, I'll try something else. And if I like that, I'll just drink that one for a while. Uh, I have a lot of friends that it's like they're in this constant pursuit for the next high. You know, they got to try the next beer. So this, you know, this will help them scratch that itch. Well, tell them, tell them to try designer drugs or something. It's probably <laughs> right. better for them than freaking <laughs> banana beer. Yes, it is in keeping uh, with the local flavors, culture. though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Speaking of flavors, um, you, you ever you ever been on Twitter, you see a video and you're just like, you just in your mind you just assume it's photo or not photoshop but obviously it's been added in mm-hmm. some way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and then and then to it to your horror you find out after doing a little bit of research no nah, that's the video man that is the moment i had yesterday watching that joe biden ice cream question <laughs> we're going to play this for folks who haven't heard it and it's not joe biden joe biden's being asked a question joe biden provides a cognizant answer I got no beef with Joe Biden here. I have a beef with the fact that it's on the very same day that he proposed a $6 trillion budget, the, which would only be equivalent to spending levels during the height of World War II uh, from a federal government standpoint. So he proposes that. And when the media finally gets to ask him a question, listen to the question, listen to the answer. But most importantly, Listen to them cooing with excitement like a four-year-old just held up four fingers to tell you how old he is. Here is that cut. Mr. President, what do you Chocolate, chocolate chip. Oh, oh, I had the same reaction. (laughs) I was dying because I was dying because I thought the reaction was what was edited in. And I was like, that's very well done. That's very well done. Yeah, uh, if ever there was a perfect encapsulation of uh, the depths to which the, quote, mainstream media has sunk, that was it right there. It's just an ice cream flavor, folks. It's just an old guy getting an ice cream cone. That's all it is. It's like, oh, look at how sweet he is when he picked a dandelion off the front lawn of the White House and gave it to his wife. Like, you know who does that? Like, babies do that? And the infirm, like seriously, like why do we? Why are we celebrating yeah. this as some sort of an act of uh, of uh, romance? 
it's a dandelion. Like normal adults with full working faculties don't do that. And I like I'm not one of these people that has been like bashing on Joe Biden and his mental acumen. But now, like with the ice cream cone thing and this is and by the way, the worst part about the ice cream cone clip is that this is the second time that question has been asked of him. Remember, he came to North Carolina yes. and hit a, um, I forget, was it a Tasty cookout. Freeze? Oh, cookout, right. Cookout. Yeah, and, and and same question. And it, I mean, it didn't get the swooning, fawning, you know, uh, j- uh, pleasure moans there, but uh, it, it it's not a new question. So what, you guys have run out of questions to ask the president, the guy who does like no news conferences, this is the question you come up with. Okay, but Pete, I just I hate to correct you, man, but the cookout thing was a milkshake flavor. Oh. This was an ice cream flavor. Those are two separate desserts, True. and True. it was that moment at cookout in Durham when they were firing that question that I think he truly disqualified himself because he did not order a cheer wine float. <laughs> so, well, that's I, my beef, man. I I stand corrected. I. Uh, I I will retire now from media in shame for having mistaken the the ice cream cone for a milkshake. That's totally my bad. Uh, I did have an opportunity a few weeks ago uh, to uh, head to your uh, lovely little city up there in the mountains. Had a great time up there, and was fortunate enough, to, I suspect, to be uh, one of the one of the final few people to get to view the Vance Monument there. So uh, now uh, people who uh, want to protest can turn all of their attention to the city of Graham, I guess, because uh, the Vance Monument's coming down, right? Right. Yeah, they're dismantling it brick by brick. It's an obelisk, so it looked like the uh, uh, the Washington Monument. And it's in a lot of the city's logos and stuff. It's been here since 1897, and it was built for the former governor of North Carolina, Zebulon Vance, who was uh, the governor during the the Civil War. I mean, the guy was a racist, no doubt about it. And um, he also, by the way, though, like was a big champion for Jewish people because a Jewish guy came on the road and saw him. He was when he got captured, he was forced to walk to the train station by the Union soldiers. And a, a Jewish guy comes along and says, Oh, that's, you know, Governor Vance. Can I give him a ride? And the soldiers let him do it. And so he sat with this Jew on the way to the train station. And ever since then, uh, Vance, or after that point, Vance, like, went around giving speeches about how great Jewish people are. And, uh, like, to the point where the Jewish community would leave a wreath at this monument every year in honor of the work that Vance did to, uh, you know, to help celebrate them as a culture and a religion. But nobody cares about that. I mean, you know, let's, let's only look at the person's, you know, one aspect of a person. And so they're taking the monument down. And, okay, fine. They're going to have it down by Memorial Day. And I thought this is classic government in that they people want some of the bricks, right? Because it's just a stone obelisk. Sure. And so they want, you know, right. hey, can I have a brick? So the city of Asheville is now presented with this question of what to do with the bricks. And... They cite a North Carolina law that specifically places prohibitions on the relocation of a monument of this nature, right? This was the the Confederate Monuments Law. So in order to comply with the state law, city council has determined that the relocation or repurposing of the monument once it is removed is not possible. And also it presents logistical challenges because you'd have to do a public bidding process for the sale of the salvaged materials. (laughs) So they don't even want to do that. So they're like, we have no plans to make any of this stuff available. It's just up to the contractor to dispose of this stuff. And so nobody knows what's going to happen to any of the bricks. <laughs> I don't know what the plan is, but I can imagine well, what, a dumpster someplace or a black market. 
No, 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 no. Dude, you're missing an opportunity. Why don't you give them to your little Antifa kids up there and they can throw them at police? Brilliant. That's a win-win. Yeah. They're kind of large, though. They're kind of large, and I don't know if you've seen some of the Antifa people. Oh, not exactly yeah, swole, you know what I mean? They're not exactly. Yeah, I do yeah, think yeah. it's also funny that they're celebrating and touting and giving themselves the progressive pats on the back because they are uh, going to have a black-owned landscaping company do the landscaping restoration work on the site. So they're going to fix up the lawn and all that. They're like, look at us. We hired a black local company that they're going to, a black owned company, they're going to do the the yard. <laughs> when they tear down the monument, uh, they're going to do the grass patch. And then we'll have a big planning thing to figure out what to do with this site that's at the heart of the downtown area in Asheville, which if it's anything like the, uh, the site that's across the street from the Civic Center where all the concerts are held, we call that the pit of despair because it's been vacant for like a decade now. They haven't figured out what to do with it. And every time... Like the church that's right there, the Basilica, they've like wanted that site to build a big plaza, have a really nice area, some retail stuff. And the city and the progressives are like, no, Catholics can't have that site. Uh, we want to have it. We want to do something. They were like, let's do a, a living garden, a community garden. And we want to plant vegetables and stuff. Uh, and so it's been vacant. It's just been a gravel lot for years. Well, it's... It's not surprising to me. The, the, <laughs> no. here's, the, here's the thing, going back to the one – one of the things that has been of great irritation to me for years has been that Confederate uh, – the, the law that they passed. Basically, mm-hmm. if you want to move something, here's, here's the process. Because a bunch of stuff, especially in Raleigh, where they, where they just tore whatever they wanted down, Silent Sam, for that matter, mm-hmm. over in Chapel Hill where basically they pass this law and then there isn't there isn't a single lawmaker in North Carolina who has the balls to sit there and go um, you know what maybe we should maybe we should enforce the law that we passed right and so i'm irritated either either don't pass the law right cuz we got enough laws we're swimming in laws or if you're going to pass the law People need to follow the law. Governor Cooper going, I'm just going to move these because it's dangerous. Well, it's dangerous because your peoples are down there climbing all over it, dude. Right. It's and the heckler's trying to veto. Burn it. Yeah, it's the heckler's yeah, veto. And, and, right, right. Uh, just irritates. It's one of those things that irritates me to the 10th power, man. <laughs> it just bothers me. So just get rid of the law. You guys have all the ship has sailed on you actually doing anything about it. Speaking of Cooper, he was getting a little grief over um, – uh, this this whole concept that uh, people who are on unemployment might possibly need to look for work. Um, <laughs> I know it's weird. I hope everyone was sitting down before I said that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of amazing. If you pay people more money to not work than to work then people will not work yeah. rather than work. It's kind of an amazing concept. It's Look, and for people who are drawing this, uh, the, the unemployment benefits that are uh, comparable to a salary that they can command in the open market, they're making a rational decision, right? It's completely rational for them to look at these, you know, two potential income sources and say, okay, they're basically equal or, in so, or almost equal. And so if I take the unemployment money, and don't work, I can have all the money and have the time too. Cause that's like, life is a constant struggle to balance, right? The time versus money equation, 
right? People who work a lot, yeah. they make a lot of money, but they don't have a lot of time. Or people have a lot of time, but they don't have a lot of money. And so you're trying to you're trying to strike this balance. And look, if the government is going to give them all this money, and then they're going to get they they get to have all the time too. Like they're living the dream, man. Like seriously, I can't I, I cannot uh, uh, fault them for taking the rational option, um, which is why you need to take it off the table because government should not be competing with the private sector because it's like sitting down at a poker table with Jeff Bezos. You're not going to win because he's just going to muscle you off the table every time. Yeah, uh, and. The analysis I saw said in North Carolina it was equivalent to a 40-hour work week being paid $12.53 an hour. But that's not accurate because, as you just pointed out, there's a lot of other elements. Like if I'm not going into the office, I don't need to pay for gas. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, need maybe child care. Mm -hmm. So all of those numbers go up. And you're right. At that point, people are looking at it going, okay, now I'm, you know this is like $16 an hour or whatever it is. And, and then you got to hear these lame pushbacks going, well, you know, maybe the problem isn't that they're overpaying people. Maybe it's the problem is that the businesses are underpaying people. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, but they're competing against the people who print the money. So right. well, and, and you're going to lose. There's a great point, too, about the printing of the money. So and I saw somebody on Twitter ask this question, and I think it's a really good question for the MMTers, which I think. Like these are the people who say deficits don't matter. I think MMT stands for magic money theory or something like that. Um, you just keep printing and printing and printing. So if that's the case and we could just print all this money and there's really no downside to doing it, this is their theory. Why are we paying taxes? Why even bother with the whole yeah. charade? Why collect any revenue from us? Just print the money, pay for the stuff you want in the budget and leave us alone. Why, why even go through the, this whole mechanism of the IRS and filing and all of that? Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I saw the same tweet yesterday, and I'm just, and you know what? And, and to some extent, I think there are people that look at it and go and and take it seriously in, in the sense that you know what? That's a very good point. Why are we paying taxes? And it's like, <laughs> holy crap! We've been having this argument with you for years. Do you not understand? Do you not understand the point this guy's trying to make? Right. Hey, I want to point something out to you real quick because we just got a couple minutes, and I just remembered this story. Going back to the Vance Monument, mm -hmm. you guys had another. You guys had another thing you could have done, and I was unaware of this until I saw with the uh, the. Did you see this idea that they're floating about what to do about the uh, like Fort Bragg? Yeah, and and the other forts. Yeah, All right. So they want to rename Fort Bragg to. You ready? Fort Bragg, except <laughs> change which Bragg it's named after. Right. <laughs> so. So what you should have done up in Asheville is said, all right, well, not you, but uh, people who didn't want to have to take this thing down go, all right, it's not named after him anymore. Now it's named after who the, the New York District Attorney Cyrus Vance Cyrus went Vance. after Trump, which would make, yeah, which make them all very happy there. There was um, so now there there actually was a proposal put forth by our local uh, newspaper columnist, John Boyle, who suggested it be called the Advance Monument. Yeah, it didn't no. go anywhere. It, it that was about the reaction it got. That was <laughs> you. You were joking just a moment ago, right? No, no, that was somebody didn't. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Look, hey, look, oh. these people. I have said this for years. Okay, my estimation when I got here and I started uh, getting involved in you know the local scene and all, what I have determined is that Asheville is a case study in long term drug abuse. 
Okay, and so things don't make a lot of sense to outsiders because it's Asheville. So like one idea that they pitched, this was in their committee when they were looking at what to do. I think we talked about this. They were going to paint the obelisk. There are four sides. They were going to paint the obelisk. One side white for white people, black for black people, red for Indians and yellow for Asians. And the Asians were not terribly thrilled with that idea. (laughs) Shocker, man. All right, hey, check out more from Pete at PeteCallenderShow.com, okay? PeteCallenderShow.com, plus uh, podcasts on the streaming services. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Always good to chat with you. All right, and uh, we'll be back. Hang on.